Our topic for today is partnering to reduce crime in Pulaski County. You saw the numbers, you saw the data. Um, our panel here is amazing. We have a great group of men. They're all men. Isn't that something? I just realized that. I'm the only female. Well, I feel important. Anyway, we're going to have our chief of police to start. Tell us who you are, how you got here, one thing, and then we're going to go around the table. And we also have a guest who's in Paris who is a part of EME. We're going to have him introduce himself along with the team, EME. So, Chief, sure. welcome. Thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule well, I'm to honored visit to, us. I'm Come honored on. to be here. Uh, my name is Keith Humphrey. I'm the 38th police chief for the wonderful city of Little Rock. I've been in law enforcement for 33 years. Uh, Little Rock has always been a uh, intriguing place for me. It's always been a, a place ever since I set a goal to be a police chief. It's always been a city that I was very interested in and have an opportunity to work in. And so uh, God has blessed me to work here. Uh, love it here. Um, great city. Uh, the, the thing that I really hate to hear people say is that this is a violent, a violent city. Uh, I hate to always be uh, known as the city of banging in the rock. And uh, yeah. that's that's old. And, and so we we are doing everything we can do as a police department, as a community, to leave those years behind us and we move forward. And and so uh, that's a little bit about me. I'm, I'm a firm believer. Our vision for this city uh, as a Little Rock Police Department is be one of the safest, the safest city in the state and one of our safest cities in the nation. And we do that through our partnerships and uh, with our diverse community. Thank you. All right, Professor Davis. I'm honored to be here as well. My name is uh, Edmund Davis, and uh, I just feel honored to be amongst such uh, just people who just kind of glow. There's an inner glow in this room. And so I really feel the glow coming from not just to my right, also across the way here, and also in that corner over there for the guys behind working things out. And uh, I'm the director of the Derek Olivier Research Institute for the Prevention of Gun Violence at Arkansas Baptist College. And we're a young entity. And so, of course, we've been around since uh, the demise of uh, Mr. Derek Olivier. He was a freshman student back in 2012 who lost his life. Just one of those, what they say, random acts of violence, if you will. And so changing the spare tire, a football player. And I want to, you know, recognize uh, his mother, Miss Alma, and also his dad, Joseph Olivier. Right now, if they're uh, on the podcast, hopefully and prayerfully that they are, that we're uh, keeping true to what we said we would do nine years ago to be nine years on the demise or his death rather and so um it's not just about uh derek it's about Derek's symbolism to a to a greater problem mm -hmm. as chief alluded to a few minutes ago about uh, little rock having uh have this bad stigma it's not just little rock it's a lot of other cities that have these stigmas whether it's in tulsa whether it's in memphis mm -hmm. new orleans st louis mm -hmm. dallas uh, we've got some issues but we also have some great uh, triumphs that we have and so we want to help keep a balance. And that's what Dory does. We collect, we analyze, and we track data trends in finding ways to mitigate uh, homicides, violence, if you will. And of course, we want to use uh, evidence-based best practices uh, moving forward. And we make recommendations as a research institute. We make recommendations to organizations, to clubs, to programs, whether they're in the city or in the state. That's what uh, Dory does at Arkansas Baptist College. And so uh, we look forward to uh, building relationships whether it's with Little Rock Police Department, the FBI here in the city, or you know other law enforcement entities, but of course uh, we 
are not in the process of just trying to find ways to uh, lock people up. We want to help mm. solve issues before they happen and get to the tenfold of how this issue became an issue. And so mm. we want to partner with uh, schools, community leaders, educational institutions, mm. uh, definitely a counselors and therapists. It's a wraparound process in order for us to solve some of these problems. But we have to all get after God first and foremost. Awesome. Thank you. Yes. Don't start preaching up in here. All right. <laughs> but thank you so much for being here. And you speak of triumph, E-M-E, empowering our environment. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So he is here. I don't know how you guys want to uh, introduce yourselves, how you want to start. I do no want to acknowledge uh, we do have a part of E-M-E behind the scenes production. <laughs> Charlie, right he over there. So I don't know how you guys want to do it. Introduce yourselves. Tell us um, who you are, what you do, and all that good stuff. And then we're going to dive into some good questions to the meeting. All right. Now. All right. Thank you, Ms. Shonda. I'm going to go with the boss today. The boss said he want me to go first. So here I go, Chuck. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm Charlie Mack, uh, but my name is Charles Benson. Um, I'm president and one of the co-founders of EME. EME stands for Empowering My Environment, LLC. Um, we're we're a, a group that a group of men that have started a business to stop the violence in the city of Little Rock and to decrease it at an alarming rate. We think we could do that because we have once been out there in the streets and been part of some of the things that were been wrong with the streets. So we know that we have solutions because we we have hands-on activity and and we we communicate with the youth that are still out there. So we still have a voice in the streets and and, and we have families out there. Uh, I'm right now in Paris. I'm on uh, um, Paris, France. So I'm on Zoom view, but I, I'll be with y'all in a minute, and we'll be working on that stuff. I know. But but the EME yeah. is a is a group of men that seen a problem in the city, and we came together and uh, further brought us together and and put it down, and, and we've just been learning and growing ever since, and we've been together about a year. It'll be a year this month, right, bro? It'll be it'll be a year. So. Thank you all for, thank, we thank y'all for letting us come to this meeting and sit down, but I'm telling you that. And thank you for your time. And, and what time is it in Paris? Uh, let me look at my clock. Uh, oh, it's yeah. uh, 7.30. Seven, it's 7.30. Oh, okay. 730. In the evening. Okay. So yeah, thank you so much. All right. Who's next? Caleb. All right. Uh, my name is um, Caleb Glaser. I'm a member of EME as well. I'm also a um, licensed minister. I'm a um, firm believer. I love people. So I got in this business. My brother uh, brought us in. Like I said, when we first started, we just wanted to stop the um, violence a little while. We wanted to do something to stop the violence. We all came together with different ideas, and we are still here today, man. I once, like my brother was saying, I once was out here with these guys. I'm uh, still on the scene with them, but I, I'm not doing what they do. I try to be a light to them mm -hmm. to change. And I just, uh, I want to see these people. Like I got this memo, I say, put the guns down, put your hands up, but it's peace to come together and just love one another, man, because it's crazy out here and I want to help. So that's why I became a member is to help people, to uh, show God through me, because I know that's what we all supposed to be doing at the end of the day. So that's why I'm here. Ms. Shonda, I forgot to say something. Uh, we, EME is also a podcast and apparel company. We all have our uh, hoodies. Turner got on one of our hoodies. I got one of our hoodies on. Charlie Rock got one of our t-shirts on. Ain't worried today. Go ahead and plug. Go ahead and use. Go ahead and use my my alliance to plug your product. That's what's all up. Really? All right. It's a business. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. All right, we got you. Yeah. All right, Antoine. How y'all doing? I'm um. Antoine Turtle Jones, man. Turtle? 
I've been, I've been, um, I'm a, I'm a resident of Little Rock. Little Rock's my city. I love it here. I was born and raised here. Um, my family's from here. My grandmother's from here. I mean, on down, I'm Arkansas. You know, so I am a Razorback. Um, man, I started this journey like in 2006. I was going through things. Um, I ended up um, losing a child back then, like a little bit after Christmas, and um. I just knew I needed a change, you know what I'm saying? So I, me, I did it through education, you know what I'm saying? I I kind of figured like that what I was lacking for me, my experience in the street. I never, you know what I'm saying, took education serious. I was always a kid that went to alternative schools. Um, my dad wasn't around. My mom worked all the time and mm. didn't pretty much put her rules down. So I was freelancing as a child, you know what I mean? So, man, it, it came an opportunity where I could enroll in college. So. I went in, you know what I'm saying, and did that for a few and found good resources, felt comfortable, you know what I'm saying? So I ended up taking college real serious, you know, and I, and I just thought that by me doing that, that's something I need to bring to my communities and show them that people like them can get up and make a difference, you know what I'm saying? Get up and go to school, get up and mm -hmm. um, work, um, find a trade. Um, meet people, you know what I'm saying? Because a lot of people in the communities don't get out here and take the time out to go find people and, and to meet people. I really let people know what's going on because I noticed that in this business, a lot of our people that can help really don't know what's going on into the cities until some, they get out and they talk to somebody and somebody get to tell them what's happening and what and how these streets really are. So, you know, I came together and we all came together. Store Hope found me. I was found out by a group which made me a life coach. They ended up certifying me. I got a lot of titles. Um, I was created. They ended up making me a life coach. I ended up doing that for Restore Hope, um, working in um, um, probation office. I've um, um, counseled, you know what I'm saying, took therapy class. I've been through therapy myself, you know what I mean, to show people that you can do it. You know what I'm saying? My thing is if I show them, they, 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 I don't want to tell somebody to do something that I ain't never been through. Mm -hmm. So I try to lead by example. You know what I'm saying? Um, I'm a president of the Dory Unit, which came from Arkansas Baptist. Dr. Fitz here, shout out to the Fitz. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> he was like one of my mentors when I came home from the penitentiary and, and he showed me what route to take. You know what I'm saying? He gave me a vision and a dream. You know what I'm saying? And I did that. You know what I'm saying? I took, I took my dream and my vision serious and I, and I, and I crunched down on it and I, and I tried to become a better man, you know what I'm saying? So that's what Fitz gave me. He taught me that it is, you can become a better man. You know what I'm saying? You don't have to be a gangster to be no man. You don't have to get in trouble to be no man. You can be a man being good and protecting your city and, and, and loving on the people in your city and thriving and do something better and change that narrative of my city just being for banging in Little Rock. Cause we bigger than that. We, we ain't just banging in Little Rock down here. We got other, jewels to come out of this we play ball we educated we sing we rap we do a lot of things down here you know what i'm saying educationally um that's good for the city um i'm now i'm a founder of eme you know what i mean that's that's a group that come together to stop violence in the city um we we create partnership and we we actually a bridge for people elites to touch hands with people who in poverty you know what i'm saying or are, are, are people to touch hands with people that they never would have even communicated with. You know what I'm saying? Because communication run a long way in the business that we in. If we get a communication with the with the community and, and we start to communicate more, then we'll get an understanding and we'll start um, respecting each other. We'll start 
like my dad, put your britches up. We'll start being better people. We pull our <laughs> britches up. You know what I'm saying? And, and start talking to each other. Um, man, I, I just, I just, I'm, I'm, I'm just, that's who I am, that's man. I'm here. I'm he just, just here. Gave to... us a whole story. <laughs> <laughs> let's talk right there, <laughs> And let's not forget, like I said, we do have someone behind the scene. He does not want to be on camera. I'm gonna have him just walk over here just to see his face. Charlie, come on, Charlie Rock, Charlie Newsom. Just hey, introduce yourself. <laughs> <laughs> he's not gonna talk so we're gonna go ahead and dive into some questions and um we have some things before we here. do oh go ahead sir i want one of those sweatshirts man there you sweatshirt. go. We have oh, some yeah. all right i'll sweatshirt yeah, t-shirt all right yeah, yeah. all right so, there you go you, you made a sale <laughs> all the way in paris i'm the mark I'm also the marketing director of EME. I'm also that too. You have a lot of titles. International. Yeah. That's what's up. All right. So we're going to get started with just some questions um, that we prepared. And you guys feel free to just jump in and answer the questions. And for those of you that are on the um, Zoom, if you do have questions for our panel, you can put those in the comment section. We may or may not get to it. We just want to be... Um, want to respect their time so we are going to get to these questions though that are on my phone how about that but anyway here we go so almost half of um all of our parents that we serve in 100 families use out of data they have been convicted of a felony and actually two out of three have spent time in our jail or in our prison system so most often they originally um they run into trouble at a young age, right? So viewing the data, it allows us to see how poverty, homelessness, um, drug, alcohol use, mental health, they all play a part in the crime rates. So do you guys see the social economic factors contributing to the crime that we have here in the city of Little Rock? I may. Um, I, I think it can. I think in some areas that it does. Uh, I'll share a story with you. We were having some, uh, we still are, but we were having there for a while a rash of uh, uh, shootings, mm -hmm. which we, we still are. I mean, that's just facts. We, we identified a couple of young kids that, 21-year-old uh, young men, uh, we wanted to sit down and have a talk with them. It's okay, help us understand. And we think we know what's going on, but help us understand. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, and these kids, really sharp kids, good kids. And say, Chief, this is the deal. It's, 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 it's the lack of programs. Uh, it's a lack of hope. Uh, it's a lack of, uh, if I look on TV and I see somebody rapping and they're driving a Bentley, then I'm gonna do that. But then again, what's happening is a lot of the rap music has been offensive to other neighborhoods and stuff like that. So that's what we're finding. But what the main thing we found out was, so the kids out here, there's a perception that kids don't want to work, especially young black kids don't want to work. Mm -hmm. And he said, Chief, this is what I'm going to tell you. That's not true. He said, I I'm a young man and I've put in 25 job applications. And so I said, let me get this right. You're not one of these kids that want to get rich quick. He said, no, he said, I just want a job. And he said, I've gone to McDonald's, Burger King's, Target's, Walmart, and I put job applications in and I haven't got a call back. So I started asking him, how were you dressed? Mm -hmm. A pair of slacks and a white shirt. 
okay, that's fine. Even if you have a pair of jeans, whatever, just go in and present yourself. He said, but the problem is when you do that, when you've, when you've done the right thing and you've gone and you tried to put in and nobody is receptive, he said, because just think about this. A lot of the kids out here just want some money to buy a pair of shoes. Mm-hmm. They want some money to help their mom with a light bill. But when you don't have that option and you don't have anybody who's uh, you believe has been receptive of what your needs are, then um, you feel as though there's no hope. And if you have no hope, then what else do you have but the streets? And so I think I think it is. And I think a lot of it's also perception, because I'm a I'm a firm believer that for every situation where you can tell me socioeconomic issues contribute, I can give you 10 cases where it doesn't contribute to violent, violent crime. And, but but I think it's that broken windows theory that people believe that if you don't care about your area, why should anyone else? Right. right. And so I, so I do believe there are some there are some truth to that socioeconomic um, contribution, but I don't believe that's all the problem. Right. I don't I think but I do believe there's some. Right. But I don't think it's the it's the total issue. Okay. I heard, I heard you um, mention that you had to tell the guy to, um, about the suit. Mm-hmm. See, I noticed too a lot of people with jobs they don't know how to, mm-hmm. um, how can I say it, how to how to approach them, uh, uh, how to present themselves. Present themselves. Hold on just a second. I'm so sorry. If you could all mute, please. Oh, is it? Yeah. Sorry, sorry, Matt. Never mind. Go ahead. Um, a lot of um, don't know how to present. present themselves on on interviews like that. That's important. Like, mm-hmm. First thing I knew was you know you let's get casual address. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know after the interview I, I I needed to follow up on a call, or I needed to let the people you know what I'm saying see me do you know the work you know what I'm saying. So that's I feel like that's another thing people life need skills, to do. Basic yeah. life, basic that's basic of, stuff. A lot of our kids need yeah, that out right. there. But we assume they do know that. Right. But, but they don't. But they don't. They don't. Nah. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't know how and to approach an interview. You, right. You'd be surprised how many kids don't know how to iron. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, how many kids don't know you brush your teeth twice a day? Mm-hmm. Right. Kids that don't know, hey, you know, you you, you deodorant. I mean, just right. basic right. stuff that we take mm-hmm. for exactly. that we take for granted. Yes. They don't they don't know that. Right. right. And it's so true. Speaking of it, because I uh experienced I remember a young guy I was helping out and I took him to an interview and I said like just eating in the Popeye, watching him and he's he's 23, but he didn't know like the way he was just the way the man was talking mm-hmm. to him for the manager, the way he was just carrying himself and talking, yeah, I don't know just he but he he wanted the job, he didn't know how to just present himself the way he was right. dressed. I was just like, dang, he never he's him. never, yeah, yeah, he never been to an interview to just know how to some people get with it like Steve that is aggressive, but yeah, that's that not just him. Yeah, he, just, he really was determined right, to work, right, he didn't know how to do it. And I remember man, even being incarcerated. We had a class that taught us that as grown men, like this is how you gonna go in the interview, and they was teaching us that. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people need that out there too, out here too, though. That type mm-hmm. of life skills, mm-hmm. basic, uh, basic, right, basic skills. things. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yes. <laughs> so, at what point do those that are caught up in like lower level crimes, like drug charges and theft, increase to more violent crimes? Like, it, is there an intervention that can come along? that way to um, stop the escalation of the seriousness of the crimes? You know what? I, I'm going to say this from, from my point of view. I, I don't think there's a, there's a, there is a 
formula that says that you start off here and you end up here mm -hmm. because there are individuals that have one day just decide they're going to do something horrific. Right. They may not have done anything what's called lower level. Then there's individuals that have started up here that have actually changed their lives and, and become more positive. Mm -hmm. Then there's the individuals that may have smoked and smoke a joint. They've never gone above smoking a joint. So I don't, I don't think there's a formula that says, if you do this, you're going to graduate to this. No, I think I it's like based it. on, I don't, I don't think there's a formula that says that mm -hmm. people will say there's statistics. Well, show me those statistics. Cause I strongly believe that a lot of it is based on the individual, uh, individual, um, mindset. And I do believe there's those individuals that get caught up in, in the system and, and they feel they don't have a way out, but I don't think there's a, there's a, there's a, a, a process. I don't think there's anything that says, oh my goodness, you smoked a joint. Mm -hmm. Now you're going to end up being a drug Lord. I don't think there's anything or, Hey, you may have got into a fight. Now you're going to be a serial killer. I don't think there's anything out there. I think it's based on individual. I think some could be, I think there could be some, yeah. some, some climate, some uh, environmental things there, depending on where you're, you know, how you're raised and things like that. I think, you know, we talk about mental health being uh, hereditary and things like that. I, I, I think there's some things there, but I don't think that's a constant. Uh, I don't think that's constant that it's always going to end up like that. All right. I think poverty I, I, brings I violence. Right. Say it again. I think, po I think poverty brings violence. I think I think the statistics show that that the more there's uh, poor people in the same area and under the same circumstances, there's a lot more violence because everybody has the crab in the barrel mentality. They all want to get out, or they all want to have more than their neighbor. So I think if we alleviate more of the poverty with education and incentive programs to help these young brothers, because I'm talking as a black male. So I know, and by my experience, I know what black males and young black males talk about in their experience. I think poverty, if we alleviate the poverty and add more resources and opportunities into these communities and environments, that, that, the, that the crime rate and the violence will die down exponentially. I, I really believe that. I believe that the more that we have programs directly to the, to the problem. I'm not talking about programs that beat around the bush of the problem and dance around the problem. I'm talking about problems that need to be directly talked about and directly uh, 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 fixed. Solutions that go directly to problems like, like you guys said, job, okay, that's a good thing. But we're talking about more career and trade, long run, things that education, that's cool. But we also got to give them, while you're going to school, you got to also have to have money to, to live and pay your bills is it's, it's, it's incentives because I think that if you say okay stop stop selling drugs what are you going to do for what are you going to do help him do when he stops selling drugs and what do you replace it with huh right yes that's what I'm saying oh. and that's what yeah. that's what these neighborhoods actually need they need they need replacement programs because the streets mm -hmm. are always going to call they're always going to call right. young people they're always going to invite them they're always going to recruit what are we going to do? This, the, the better the mm -hmm. streets of recruitment. What are we gonna do? That's what we have to right. come up with. Right. Yeah. And I, I've, um, I just see, um, um, like, in the streets, come from role models. A lot of a lot of kids <coughs> are followers. They doing a lot of following in the streets. So mm -hmm. if you got a community that's, if you like sitting outside and y'all drink smoke, y'all toting guns, and y'all 
y'all y'all kicking up crime, then that's pretty much how that person gonna turn out if he's hanging around sure. those mm-hmm. kind of individuals. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So a lot of people need to. Some people have to change their communities right. where they at. And some people got to be strong enough to just say no and, and and go figure out another way and change the company they're around. But you know, I think we need to tackle more on the the the, the role models in these communities right. and 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 the, and the leaders in these communities because they're being misled out there. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. that's why a lot of kids are pulling this trigger wrongly and 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 and, and doing a lot of bad things because they don't have nobody to steer them in the right direction. If you, if you like, like I'm not seeing my, um, my, my local entrepreneur every day training me. I'm seeing somebody that's in poverty, like Charlie Maxine training me that ain't having nothing. That's making sure you don't have nothing because he don't want to see you ahead. You know what I mean? And it's dragging people around. So I think we need to get more community leaders, put more people in power that they can look up to. Like we don't have nobody out here we can look up to. Uh, I want to give some input as it relates to uh, what Charlie Mack was saying over there in Paris, buddy. And everybody say one word, say gumbo. 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 Okay, y'all know what gumbo is. Gumbo. Yes. Follow me quick. Gumbo is, is a dish that they serve in, in South Louisiana. We all know there's different variants to gumbo. And right. uh, the first time I had gumbo was about 20 something, almost 30 years ago in the third ward, New Orleans. And of course, my first roommate at Grambling, he put in, well, his mom and dad put in a series of ingredients in this stew. Right. And at that time I was a meat eater back then. And so of course he put in crab legs, sausage, they put in their shrimp. rice, put in their shrimp, exactly. Sausage. They put in sausage. There was a number of things, but one Chicken. thing, even as an African-American man, I, I just don't get down with spicy food. <laughs> I'm one of the few brothers that don't get down with spicy food. Watch this, Mac. And so- I don't um, like spicy. Right, so I, I ate it. And, you know, of course, uh, it was a culinary delectable. Yes, it was. And so I use that analogy because when we're talking about just one element being the case of uh, elevated of rates in crime, that's pretty much inaccurate, not saying uh, that poverty is not a factor, because you're looking at somebody who used to be homeless in 1985, 86, 87. I would say between 86 and 88, my father and my mother kept a job. They were always uh, you know, supporting us. My mom was a waitress. My dad had side jobs here and there. But I think the fatherless home is more of a bigger factor uh, to criminality right. than mm-hmm. poverty. Right. And I say that only because uh, everybody that lived on the block where I lived at back in West Philly, all of our dads were at home. Mm. Uh, we all, half of us turned out okay, the other half, another story. Right. right. But of course that father filled element versus the fatherless element is right. just as, as critical right. as that poverty factor. Because problem. look right. what happened in the 1930s versus what happened in the 1990s. The biggest factor is 60% of our homes didn't have the dads right. in, the, in the 90s. And so versus in the 1940s, my dad was born in 1942 and his dad was there, and of course my great-grandfather. But my point in saying all this is that in that gumbo and that stew, you've got joblessness, Mm -hmm. you've got fatherless homes, you've got the mental instability, Mm -hmm. you've got high school dropouts. Mm -hmm. That's all in that stew, in that that gumbo, when it comes to uh, the elevated criminal aspect or element. So poverty, 
Yes, it, it is an ingredient. Right. It, it definitely know. is. I, I was raised in poverty again, homeless for two years. So I slept at train stations and failed the fourth and fifth grade. This was the year, and Big Brother can can attest to this more. That was the year Oliver North was on trial for the Iran Absolutely. I remember I watched that. That's the same year Doug Williams won the Super Bowl, 1987. Yeah. Dad put a picture up on the wall, and I didn't know I would meet Doug Williams 10 years later at Gramlin, eating <laughs> at the cafeteria with him. But that's that's God's business. But getting back to this gumbo, y'all, looking at poverty and looking at how we came and looking at what the Little Rock Nine did, most of them lived, uh, you know, in, in poverty. Mm. Of course, looking at some of the things that they did for Black History Month back in 1926 with Carter G. Woodson, Dr. Carter Godwin Woodson, who started Negro History Week, you know, those people who followed, exactly. He, of course, talked about how poverty is something that it can bring you together, it can tear you apart. Right. Most of us as African-Americans, mm -hmm. and of course, even as Caucasian-Americans or European-Americans uh, who lived in poverty or had that economic disadvantage. It wasn't always the, the gesture or wasn't always a pivotal fact to be uh, a criminal, you know, because, again, that's one element. But we didn't have as many brothers dying in the streets in the 1930s and 40s. When we had segregation, we lived in much more poverty in 1932 than we did in 1992 or in 2020. Right. And so, of course... I wanted to bring that point up to my awesome sauce <laughs> student, Mr. Charlie Mack. <laughs> I, I wanted to um, speak on this um, topic too, and you are totally right. Number God, because when I, that's what I was going to say after him, but you had to speak on something. Uh, not having a father in the home plays a big part. I was just recently talking to a young man who's facing some trouble now, and I was asking him, like, what seemed to be the problem? And he was telling me, like, man, I ain't, he was like, I didn't have no father growing up. My mama, she paid more attention to my sister. He was like, man, I go to, I went to the streets, man. And, that's what he did. He was just telling me this the other day, and I've heard that from so many people, and even looking at myself, not having a father in the home, and the father I did have was abusive. I went to the streets, and the streets led me, and that's had so much to do with it. Not having a big brother, somebody that's staring you the right way, it's so many people staring him the wrong way. And like we said, they're looking at the rappers, they're looking at all these, they're looking at the guns, they're seeing this design of stuff, mm -hmm. and they, that draws their attention. But at the end of the day, it's, it's so much behind it that they don't know about. It. They need big brothers in the community. We need a program with big brothers that could go into a home and take a brother under their wing and be an example for him. If we have like real big brothers programs that would get people, younger guys under their wing and teach them the real way of life because the streets teaching them wrong because you don't have a father, you don't have a brother in the home. Yeah, the streets right. But, and that, but EME even, does that for our community. In War yeah, One, we, we, we do that for War One. Right. And even with my own, uh, when through the separation with me and my son's mom, I seen how my kids act because I'm not there and they just babies, a fool. But when daddy come around, they get right. Yeah. And I, we was talking about that just that. I was like, I got to come home. I was like, I got to come. Yeah. My kids is out, like, I see it. But when I'm there, they like, they go crazy on her. But when daddy home, they right. They need they their father true. around them. And that's, that, that's starting off little things now, but yeah. it, it become big when you get in these right. streets. Right. It become big, little stuff when they babies, but not having that male role model, man, that, that plays a big part, a big part. But growing up as a black dude, we don't, that, like, we, penitentiary, we, we think we going there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So we don't yeah. really care like and To this. some, it's an honor. Yeah. Right. It's a rite of passage. It's a rite of passage. Or not only am I OG, but my uncle is there. Right. My daddy is there. Right. So that's even three meals. They don't look at that. We got a black yeah. chief that then came from nothing and then worked hard all his life right. and then became somebody successful, then became a yeah. director. 
So became, you know, we got to start putting them, putting the people focus on the real leaders. But you, but you know, but you know what? A lot of people, a lot of the uh, people who look like us. Let me back up. There are some people who look like us that are in our positions. Uh, we're sh- they're ashamed of where we came from. I tell no. people, I tell people, don't need to be right. And this is what I tell people. So people ask me, where are you from? I say Dallas. Charlie Mack asked me. Yeah, I'm from West Dallas. Yeah, <laughs> that that means a lot. Yeah. you know when you yeah. when you say Dallas, Dallas encompasses right hundreds of miles. Right. But when you tell people I'm from West Dallas, and you explain the logistics mm-hmm. and the demographics of Dallas, of West Dallas, right. and the history of West Dallas, and the history of Oak Cliff, right. and the history of South Dallas, then you right. see why I'm so proud of right. where I'm from. Uh-huh. So I'll never say I'm just from Dallas. I'm going to break it down. So I'm from yeah. West Dallas. Right. So that's why here in Little Rock, mm-hmm. I'm at home. Yeah. Right. Because yeah. <laughs> it, it feels just like where I'm from. <laughs> right. you know? yeah. So we, a lot of people are ashamed of where they're from. And I tell people, you should never be ashamed of where you came from. Right. Uh, a lot of people can learn from that. That's right. right. They can. You're right. Yes. I mean, that that's sometimes that's a testimony to somebody. Mm-hmm. Right. Your history and how you've overcome triumph, like mm-hmm. you said, that can truly help somebody. Mm-hmm. So I don't think you should ever be ashamed either. And that's why that's why I understand uh, Director Richardson's push on getting more having a residency mm, in the, yeah. I, I get it. Yeah. I, I get it. it it's, it's difficult to do that, but I understand why he says that we want more people from Little Rock mm-hmm. to be a part of our city government, to be a part of our entrepreneurial opportunities. Mm-hmm. I get it. Mm-hmm. I, I totally if get you, it. If you look at Little Rock, man, Little Rock been like top in crime for years, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like we've been dealing with crime <laughs> since m- before me, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I'm in my 40s, you know what I mean? So, yeah. you know, gangs been around. We gotta, you know what I'm saying? So we, like I say, we gotta try to get control of these leaders and who controlling we these do. blocks. We do. And, and get let people get the focus on you guys and show them that they can be a director and still be cool. Like it's cool yeah. to be a director. It's cool to be, go to work and become a chief. You know what I'm saying? You, you ain't a sellout just because you, got a law enforcement job right mm-hmm. <laughs> telling your story but telling your story and your origin helps too mm-hmm. yeah. right right how you I got agree. here yeah. i agree because yeah. all of us are three seconds away from making the wrong decision because that's what it yeah. takes yeah everybody at this table you get to thinking about it, you could have been in the car with somebody didn't have right. anything so there are just so many things and then the other mm-hmm. thing is a police chief i can't judge you yeah for me to judge you because you've had this happen in your life, that that's wrong. Mm-hmm. That's wrong. Let's talk about because I'm learning from you all. So if, if I'm from a community and I'm what what position would, would I come to you and what could you help as a chief? Mm-hmm. What what are the things you, y'all provide to a, com- a community? So the main thing is we get we have to make sure our officers have the emotional intelligence to understand that everybody who exactly. lives in a certain area, who came from a certain area, who may have been incarcerated, are not bad people. That's mm-hmm. right. That's the first thing we have to do, That's and good. then we have to push those uh, jobs. You may not be able to work in in the police department because of a lot of restrictions when it comes to our state computer system and things like that. If you have a that's just yeah. that's just fact. You can't be a police right. officer. You may not be able to work in, but we could push you over to the city 
right. and, mm-hmm. and there's a um, uh, reentry re-entry. program mm-hmm. right? and say, this is what we can do. We, we don't have the right to turn as a police officer. If I say, Hey man, I'm looking for a job. What can y'all do for the city? What can I do for the city? The worst thing we can do is tell people right off the bat, well, you can't be a police officer. <laughs> right. You can't work in communication, but this is what we can do, man. We got a good man, Dwight, Dwight prison. Mm-hmm. who's over our reentry program, let me get you his number right. and see what he can, what we can do. No. That's what we can do as police officers. Or, hey, let me go talk to uh, such and such who's hiring. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me direct you here. That's what we can do. We don't do enough of that. We focus, right. we shut down, officers shut down. Not all of them, but you do have those officers that shut down when they learn somebody's been in jail, mm-hmm. right? somebody's got a record, mm-hmm. you know, somebody's awaiting a trial date. They right. shut down, and the bottom line is, well, oh. you can't work anywhere. <laughs> so we we have to change. That's my thing is being connected to the, the city as a police chief and find out who's hiring. Ask those questions. When I go to these roundtable discussions with the representatives from Walmart, representative from Target, representative from Amazon, hey, are y'all hiring? Okay, this person may have had a record. Is that okay? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. that's how we get out there. I might not be able to help you work for the police department, but I can get you out there to Amazon, to right. Walmart, the places like yeah. that. Using your resources. Using my resources. Right. 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 Yeah. We don't, we don't do that. We don't, we, we shut down mm-hmm. and we basically, well, you can't do, you can't do this. We only think one dimensionally <laughs> and not thinking, you know, multidimensional. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Another, another component I want to add to it is mentorships. Mm-hmm. I think uh, yes. we have a lack of mentorships. Uh, all the way across the board and you know we try to do that not just at abc arkansas baptist college i know chief does it you know as chief of police and all of us as men and also ladies we we do it as well i think um a lot of what we see out in the streets comes from broken relationships and of course once you're a part of that and we all have some broken relationships all of us i'm sure at some point in our lives we've been involved with a relationship that has been uh maybe something that's not the same as it used to be and so uh Living in, I guess, the last 30 years of my life, three different states, the last almost 20 years here, uh, the other two uh, were, of course, back home in, in Louisiana. Before I left each state, I wanted to make sure I didn't have any broken relationships before I left these states, mm-hmm. you know, to make sure there was no beef, to make sure I didn't have any uh, criminality out right. there that I didn't know about. Little things like that when you move to a different state. I think uh, telling young people to, to to take care of your business from that aspect in a friendly positive way mm. i think is something that's essential for us to continue to build relationships which includes mentorship mm-hmm. i think we need to do that uh from a standpoint where um it's a uh, unilateral it's not just one way to do it we can uh, focus on building relationships and having that mentorship component i think that's needed in our elders you know sometimes we have to seek out our elders a lot of times they look at us sagging got a hat turned to the side or backwards we get in the dub as being someone who's negative. That's not always the case, yeah. you know? So of course uh, we have to sometimes reach out to our elders and, and speaking of elders, I want to, you know, uh, you know, pay homage to the life of a uh, uh, city director, Irma Hendricks, who lost her life yeah. uh, yesterday. Yeah, we all do. Yeah. Give an honor of uh, yeah. glory to her. She's been a mentor to a lot of people here in the city. Yeah. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, she was one for me and my wife for a number of years. So uh, 90, 90, 91, but she was an example of a mentor yeah. to yeah. a lot of people here in the city, not just in politics, but in various communities in and outside of ward number one. A lot of people, 
had problems with her because she told the truth. Yeah, yeah. she wasn't afraid <laughs> to tell the truth. She was from our wood. Yeah, yeah. Which, uh, like she was like one of the old grandmothers, you know. Don't keep it real. Yeah, she kept it one hundred. Keeping it one hundred. Yeah. But mentors yeah. is important out there, man. That's like one yeah. of the main ingredients right. lacking out there on the streets. Yeah. Right. And even being, you know, going back, uh, we are no so we all believers at this table you know a lot of people we talked about on the podcast before they on showing a lot of these youngsters now they ain't studying no church no religion no god and that <laughs> plays a big part because i'm sure all of us grew up i'm on with that foundation and you know a lot of times now me being a minister you know a lot of churches it's, it's different from when i grew up so a lot of people showing church but more people you know getting involved and out there in the community like we said mentors showing the love of god to people because a lot of people don't it's, it's all it's about different things now to, to go out there in the community like christ really did and be active and showing people love and food drives and stuff that we do showing these rough neighborhoods love that matter because people see that they yeah. they forgotten about people don't, don't want to go over there and have them but we'll go over here and they need to see that, that people care about them like people need mm-hmm. to see love because we don't get that out there in them street the streets yeah. dirty yeah. out here like, what, what am i what am i mentor like, sitting right at the table right now professor yeah. ed davis that's what am i mentor yeah yeah i, I, yeah, I, 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 I started at arkansas baptist in 2007 and me me, me and professor david had beef man because i just thought he was just talking over he didn't know what he was talking about so so i so i had to argue with him every time we had a class i argued with him but he had yep, but yep. he started making sense and he started making sense and i was like he called me to the side he was like you know people listen to you you know people you know you're a leader he said, why you always talking crazy to me in class man I, I mean, we got to talk and we got so cool. And he opened up yeah. doors for me. He taught me so much about black history that I did not know. He made me proud to be a black man because I started researching the things that he talked about. And ever we've been buddies ever since then. I don't know that man for too long now. He's like, that's like my brother. <laughs> hey, but, but, but Charlie Mack, let me, let me say this. That, that's what's missing. Right. You don't have people that will, that will allow you to voice your opinion and then have that conversation. Yeah, and smile. like he did, and smile because yeah. people gonna clap back. You right. got people that will clap. I'm a, back. I'm a, I'm a, I'm an adjunct man, and that's one of the things I tell yeah. my people. Man, be open. Just be right. be respectful. I want your honest opinion. You don't find very many men to do that. Right. They they right. you know it's I'm the professor. Yeah. 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 He could have done that. He could have done that, but he, 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 he respected me as a man, and he, he, and he respected me. And I had to, I had to respect him. I, I said, man, I am talking too much to my professor. To my professor, let me leave him alone, man. He he had to gain he had to gain your respect. He made you feel exactly. That's what he did. And that's what law enforcement and and our big people we got to yeah. Make the community feel like they come mm-hmm. like such as you coming in with your head turned backwards. Yeah, you as a professor, you know you see, feel, right. yeah. Like okay, he cool. Like I can talk to him. Yeah, you know, cool. It ain't like if I'm going in an interview and I just got to stay straight and I got to <laughs> do this. And that's how some people feel right. when they with their leaders. Well, people have to see you, know you real, man. You yeah, real. That's that's I mean, I, I went real. to the deal. I kept my cap on backwards. Yeah. Man. yeah. I've been told don't wear my slides because yeah, I don't have the prettiest toe, but <laughs> but I mean that's where I'm I mean that's where I'm comfortable, you know, when I'm off. Right. I want people to see it. I like your bees. Hey man, oh, I love hey man. I'm just yeah. come on in. Hey, man. Hey, just, I love them. Listen, I love let, me, them. let me just say this. Hey. You know what? You just gotta be real. You gotta be real. Yeah, man. You gotta be real. Yeah, that's man. What, I tell people that all the time. That's that's where I was raised. Mm-hmm. Uh, as a as a black man, 
I was told to be real, be straight up with people. And that's uh, why we shake a man's hand. You shake a man's hand firm. You look a man in the eye. Mm-hmm. Uh, you allow a man to you you leave people with their dignity. I, I've arrested capital murder suspects, and I've done it respectfully. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, sir, this is what I got to do. I ain't going there with all these bad words and stuff like that. I don't agree with what you did. Listen, we're going to jail. That's just fact. Right. Mm-hmm. But I left a person with a dignity. You always leave a person. It's going to, you know, and I tell, I tell young police officers this. Wearing a badge and a gun is a lot of authority. Right. And they don't think of it this way. I said, let me, let me explain. I say, you're in a position where you control a person's freedom right. from the Traffic stop or any kind of contact you make with this individual, you're controlling whether they uh, are able to leave or not. And so you can go in a man's house mm-hmm. and you can go in this man's house and you could tell this man, you ain't moving. Mm-hmm. Right. You can search this man and God forbid you take a life. Right. I said, there's a lot of authority. You can never abuse that authority. Right. right. And, and so that's how we grow in this in this relationship and where people trust us. Right. All people want to be respected. Right. That's it. Don't walk into if you're if you're if you I tell people this if you're a white officer, don't be going up talking about what's up, bro. <laughs> just talk to I mean you ain't gotta it, there's no certain way you gotta fit in, man. You just be, be you and be yourself. Yeah. It's like I can't go into a Hispanic community and say what's up, SA. I just can't that's mm-hmm. you can't do that. You can't do that. Just be yourself, man. You don't have to change. That's where that emotional intelligence comes in. Right. And I tell young brothers that too, man, be yourself, man. Right. You you don't you don't have to be a certain way. Just be yourself, man. Right. You know. I got so many people love me because I'm gonna be myself. You <laughs> will. That's case. I'm gonna be myself, but I'm gonna keep it real. I'm right. Gonna myself and that's- we gonna wrap up. We gonna wrap up with this last question. I guess once we know the cause of the crimes, we can look more deeply into some solutions. So. From each one of you, um, what are some solutions being worked on to reduce crime? Anybody can go. Okay, building relationships. Mm-hmm. You know, you 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 can't just lock up uh, everybody. You right. know, it comes from the church. It comes from educators yep. and education. It comes from nonprofit sector. It comes from those big business banks downtown. When you look at Little Rock skyline, it's always a a bank at the top of that, whether it's Simmons, <laughs> Regions, that's where I go, all the cities that I've gone to. And don't take my word for it. I always go to these cities with these uh, big skyscrapers. <laughs> Most of them are financial institutions. So, of course, getting back to them, uh, they've got the money. Some of them got the know-how, and they can help empower and help, you know, tr- uh, change the trend yeah. of uh, these negative interactions. And so, of course, with the, f- the fiscal footprint in the neighborhoods. So, of course, business opportunities as well. So that also parents and, of course, people who have been in trouble before mm-hmm. who have gotten back on a good foot. You know, we have to have that wrap around. So I think mm-hmm. all those together is that gumbo of success that we're talking about. That's I think that's, that's needed uh, moving forward. Young people, people who are in their 40s, people who are in their 60s, it has to be a multi-generational approach. It can't be just one standard way yeah. because you have 14-year-olds pulling triggers. You got 60-year-old pulling triggers. That's right. So we have to have that approach. And, and I hopefully and prayerfully believe that's one of the solutions. But we ought to get behind God and on top of that. Right. All right. Well, we got a big brother uh, program going on with EME where 
where older gentlemen from the hood like us OGs teaching the young men how to how to be young men, how to give them other other ways to, to handle their business and, and, and carry themselves. We also got the rite of passage, rite of passage program that's coming along where where you teach a young man how to dress for an interview. You teach him how to change oil. You teach him how to be a young man when he didn't have a father figure around. You be that father figure plug. You be that you be that human plug in their life where they see a black male showing them how to do the right thing, where it becomes normalized. It becomes easy to see. It becomes easy to understand, and it becomes natural. Right. I agree. Like you said, with EME, just being uh, knowing that we've been out there in the streets, being incarcerated, being like an example to them. Uh, program, but um. Big brothers going out here helping the youngsters, man. And like you said, older men too. Just being a um giving back, being a true living witness. Brothers, big brothers. I think um we should do what we're doing, keep doing what we're doing. Like, because it's working, you know what I'm saying? You got us here, you know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? So I congratulate us from that. Don't stop doing what we're doing. So the programs we got is effective. We just gotta get better. Mm -hmm. So now we gotta pick more programs that's that fit the communities. Right. Like if you right. got a community out here that's with our program, we took EME and we became ourselves a voice, which allowed us to become a podcast. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. that's a trend in the communities. You know what I'm saying? They they like podcasting, they like acting, they like um movies, they like books, mm -hmm. TikToks, social media. They like clothes, so we, they like clothes. We took those things and we made it cool and, and, and that's what we bought to our war one and it was able to catch the attention of our, our community. Now we got our kids over there trying to be like us. Now they, they're starting um, 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 businesses. You know what I'm saying? They're coming to us, help me start a business. Um, I want to go to school. I want to go get a trade. You know what I'm saying? So I think we just find programs that fit the people in the community, you find out what the community is is lacking and what they're reaching out, mm -hmm. why they're crying. Right now, Arkansas understanding that um, entertainment is everything in our city because we're trying to become like a Dallas, a Texas, a mm -hmm. Atlanta, a California. Those cities are Philly, Philly. Those cities has had entertainment entities in there for many years, and that's something Arkansas has not had. Period. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. We and that's what we want. So I think if we bring more entertainment and we kind of create um, some more light and, 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 and things for us, uh, uh, these communities to do, it'll come, uh, it'll come the streets down and we'll get a better relationship with our community and we'll start growing from the bottom to the top. Well, I think what all y'all said is important. Um, people need to know that we value, the city is valued, yeah. mm -hmm. um, that, it, that it's beyond the, the things that people, and then the other thing is we've got to stop accepting uh, turmoil, you know, I see. And, and what I mean by that is, um, I tell when we, when we do st statistics, mm -hmm. I tell people that, okay, say if we had 50 homicides last year, I'm not going, that's not good with me. So mm -hmm. I'm not going to say, well, we're projecting the same thing next year. Right. Right. We got to stop accepting uh, tragedy and we right. have to stop accepting because of where we live, how we live. Mm -hmm. We have to put value back in our communities. Right. Well, how you do that, Chief? Well, one of the things we do is we get into those communities and we listen. Right. It doesn't matter um, your socioeconomic status. You still have a voice in this city mm -hmm. because no matter how minimal you think your contribution to this city is, if you buy a bag of potato chips, 
That bag of potato chips helps the taxes from that help pay the salaries of these officers. Right. right. So we have to vet. We 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 owe we have we have a responsibility to value your opinion. Right. We need to stop going to these mm -hmm. outer areas and start focusing on these inner areas. And as mm -hmm. police chiefs, okay, what's what's going on? Right. We don't see police. Okay. Why don't you see police? Mm -hmm. Well, we don't see them because you don't care. Mm -hmm. Okay. That information is taken back to my people. Say, hey, man, this is what people think. This is whether it's perception or reality. This is what people think. So let's start going into the areas to start getting out of the cars, riding the bicycles, walking, getting to know people more proactively. But when you start listening to people and hear that they have a concern, then what happens is you understand, man, man, turtle a good dude, mm -hmm. right? Turtle, man, turtle, <laughs> turtle wants the same thing for this area. I want you exactly. can't do because. Turtle got on a red hat. Right. That means Turtle's a bad guy. Right. He got a hoodie. Get to know him. And then you say, okay, what you don't realize, Turtle might be that one to help you solve a crime. Right. That's right. Turtle might be the one to help you prevent a crime. <laughs> right. Charlie Mack might be saying, Caleb might be the one to help you prevent. But we we we've got to start being at and respect people in the community and what they bring to me. Everybody brings something to the community. Everybody has, and we have to understand that. Yeah. And so that's how you yeah. fight it. That's how, that's how you, it's an all inclusive, all in, all, all, all one. Yeah. Uh, all unity. hands on deck, unity. Collaborate. unity collaboration is important. Now, you hear that word? You hear that yeah, word? Yeah, that word, collaboration. People, I don't think people really understand what that means. Yeah. Diversity is not always about race and gender. It's about what you bring to the table. Right. Different. So I think that's how you do it. Yeah. That's, true. that's that gumbo. That's, that's that gumbo. gumbo. That's that gumbo. Yes, that diversity. That's and you right. Hey, I got. Hey, I'm email. sorry, y'all. I gotta. I gotta go. My my baby needs to be be kissed Thank tonight. You. It's almost nine. No, you bro. Love I got, you. I gotta keep you on my family man in the day. I gotta go, y'all. I love you. We'll see you next week. Yes, oh, man. Show. Face to love face, y'all. Yeah, right. me, baby. I want my sweatshirt too, man. I just wanted to say, you know, even even how you were saying, you know. Judge on looking at somebody from outside, even talking to you and being around um the sheriff. What was the sheriff that came? Like, yes, sheriff and Higgins, you wouldn't um you wouldn't know how y'all hard is. Like the community look at the police, like, oh, the police is good. But talking to you and getting to know how you what your vision is, man, you'll be like, man, a person will just judge you off the title, like the, the chief of police they ain't messing with. But you got a good heart. So does uh Higgins, like you good people, man. Well, you, you know, man, it, it's not about me. Right. You know, it's about if I'm gonna do this job. Um, I, I got to realize, man, it's not about me. I got to realize where my bread and butter come from. And I got to realize why I got into this profession, where I came from, where I right. came from, man, you didn't have a good relationship with police. Right, right. Now, I, I was fortunate that my granddad did have a positive relationship with law enforcement. Right. And, and my thing was, um, if I ever get it from day one, I know I want to be a chief. If I would, why you want to be a chief? Because I want to be the one that helped make a difference, mm -hmm. help with the policies, help with the practices. Um, and so I, I, tell, I tell people all the time, I prefer you call me Keith yeah. <laughs> because chief is embarrassing to me. That's right. just embarrassing. You know, that right. title, because I don't look at myself as chief. I look at myself as Keith. I understand mm -hmm. the respect and the title, but I'm just, man, I'm Keith Humphrey, Doris and Ashton Humphreys. Baby boy from West Dallas. <laughs> right, West That's who I'm like, right, And I'd like to um, thank the mayor for even 
bringing you aboard, bro. Yeah. You, you yeah. cool, man. Right. Like you real. Right. So a lot of people real in the talk. city you know, probably want to know. But we <laughs> tell the city from this pocket. From the well, that you so he real, cool bro. people. We glad uh, some people, some people, people have, some people inside you know my department have a problem with <laughs> me being just really cool, but that's okay. That's that's right. That's who no, I am. Man, you good over here. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be me. Right. I appreciate that. Superhero. I appreciate that. Saying no matter what the title, when you became chief. You became a hero. I appreciate right. it. That's good. You know what I'm saying? And so you guys are heroes you. to me, man. I appreciate you know y'all. I mean? Y'all are all heroes. Yeah. And I just want to say thank you all. And you're we a hero. Kinda... <laughs> Take that. Yeah. Well, <laughs> thank you, Chief. Well, Mr. Yeah. Keith Humphrey, thank yeah. you for coming. Absolutely. Professor Davis. Yes, ma'am. Mac is gone. But EME with Turtle. And... Yes. And Charlie Rock over there. Yeah, thank you, Caleb. I want to appreciate all. I appreciate all of you. Thank you, Alliance. Thank you for the work that you're doing. Continue collaborating. If you have not been trained on the Hope Park system, so that you can collectively make an impact, you need to get in touch with me. Get with me. You need to get trained and communicate so we can continue to help families move from crisis to career. And we're out. Dorian, the EME. EME. <laughs>